Hi, everybody. This is Ruben Padilla with Narrative Strategies. Thank you for joining me for today's strategy. I love finding practical value for speaking, storytelling, and sales presentations in new disciplines, disciplines of which I am unfamiliar, and then introducing these strategies to my audiences. I've picked up tidbits from such diverse worlds as cooking, history, science, painting, magic, psychology, even the luxury watch industry. I hope to share many of them with you. Today, I want to direct your attention to a book unlike any you've ever read. Written in 1993, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud is a masterclass in the art and science of visual communication, encompassing many subjects, but focusing primarily on comics. If you think you'd never find a book on comics interesting, think again. I defy anyone to read this book and not come away with valuable information and strategies that can be applied to any creative endeavor and many non-creative ones. I'll briefly mention just two. In chapter two, McLeod introduces us to the concept that the more generic and unrealistic a face is drawn, the more universal it will be, requiring more perception on the part of the reader. Simply put, because Mickey Mouse and Bart Simpson are so, for lack of a better term, cartoony, the more people will be able to identify with them. Although we work a bit harder to perceive the face, it becomes not necessarily better, but more effective, depending on how you define effective. Make the face too detailed, too specific, and it moves away from the universal identification. How did I apply this to speaking at the front of a room? I simplified it by making sure I don't give too many details of a particular story so that there is more mental interaction from my audience. This is only if my goal is to make it as identifiable as possible to the listener. This is why fairy tales are more universal than fantasy novels. If, however, my goal is to render an exclusive experience from the audience's point of view, then more details will farther remove it from a Me Too reaction. See how this idea can apply to speaking? Another great revelation came in Chapter 3, Blood in the Gutter. The gutter, in this case, means the space between any two panels or images. If, per Scott's example, one panel shows a man with a knife standing over someone saying, I'm going to kill you, and the next, completely different panel shows the outside of a building at night and a scream coming from one of the many windows, then you, the reader, will fill in the blank, so to speak, to make the connection between two distinct images. Make sense? How did I apply it? Again, a gross oversimplification, but I want the audience to mentally interact with me, sometimes in real time to create a sense of mutual discovery, sometimes behind me so I can surprise and or educate them, kind of lead them, and sometimes ahead of me so they can reach a conclusion before I speak it. You are focusing their attention and making them concentrate, wonder, assume, conclude, all of this according to your design rather than spoon-feeding every detail. And that's just a couple of the many ideas and aha moments I had while reading, nay, experiencing <laughs> this book. I received neither compensation or consideration for this recommendation, and I'm merely bringing more attention to those resources that I find valuable for their transdisciplinary applications for communicating ideas, connecting minds and hearts, and creating motivation. 
Why else would we be speaking? Thanks for listening.